0: Hey, Kate.
1: Hey, Jordan. What do you
0: know about podcasts? Uh... Did you ever really listen to them before this show?
1: Nah. Nah? (laughs) Not really? Not really. I was more of a radio play kind gal. Oh,
0: God. As we know, podcasts, super fun. You know that because you listen to ours, The Geek Down. But sometimes it can be super overwhelming to try to find new podcasts. But the thing is, there's a podcast for everything. There
1: is. I was actually explaining to uh, my stepdad today that there are thousands and thousands of podcasts.
0: So many podcasts. Me, I'm kind of into pop culture. So I like to listen to The Watch with Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald or the Slate Culture Gab Fest.
1: Uh, I've really gotten into Crimetown. You
0: really like Crimetown. So many podcasts out there. Some you know about, some you don't. That's why kind of an informal thing that's been going on on the socials of the world is hashtag tripod.
1: Yeah. It's been really cool, actually. I've I've given it a a try. A perusal? A perusal. That's a good good way to...
0: Tripod. Basically just a way for you to learn about podcasts, to share podcasts you like. And if you don't know what type of podcast you like, maybe find some that you will. Basically... Browse the hashtag, hashtag tripod, T-R-Y-P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, what have you. Maybe get a tip about some podcast that you might enjoy based on some subjects you might like, or as well, if you love the Geek Down and you're like, man, I know somebody who might like this, maybe give us a little shout out. Or you could think,
1: you know what? I am like many people in the world. I like to hang out and have a good time. So you can just put it out there for people who just might be like you.
0: Yeah. And if there's someone in your life who doesn't know what a podcast is, it's really not that hard. Caitlin was doing that this weekend. It's true. So show them how to listen to it.
1: If you have a thing, there will be a podcast for it.
0: Everybody got their something and everybody something's got a podcast.
1: That's a good That's a good line.
0: God, y'all should be hiring me.
1: Just put that on the board.
0: <laughs> You're on the board. Hashtag tripod. Anyway, check that out. Thanks so much for listening to this show. Thanks for sharing the show with a friend. And uh, yeah. You want to get going? Yeah. I'm Jordan Ferguson.
1: And I'm Kate McKinnon.
0: And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, Geeky D's? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast, your number one source for space hog news and opinions. What? No, it's not. The show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson.
1: And my name is Caitlin McKinnon.
0: And we are back for episode
1: 59. Woo! Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, every episode is exciting for me.
0: (laughs) Caitlin's always just amazed that we pulled this together for another week. If you would like to be amazed with us and go back and listen to all the weeks, there are so many ways you can do that. Two.
1: Well, that's, that's many. At least it's options.
0: <laughs> We're very pro-choice on this podcast. We'd like to give you at least one. Soundcloud.com slash Geek Down Pod. Give us a follow on there. You will be notified every time a new episode goes live. And and I just figured out a way on SoundCloud okay. to, add a, to add a little button in there. What? So yeah. that if you did want to pursue the other way to listen to the Geek Down Podcast, you click that button that says subscribe, and it takes you to iTunes. What? I'm up <gasps> in my game for geek down here too. A button? There's a button on SoundCloud now with a little Apple logo on it that will take you to the iTunes page.
1: I love
0: buttons. So you can hit subscribe. Hit the button. Hit the button. Hit subscribe on your iTunes. You don't even have to pay attention. You don't have to worry about a thing because the second you do, every week, as soon as an episode goes live, the gate opens and out like a shot is your man's.
1: Chauncey the Internet Elf.
0: Ready to do it to you in your ear hole.
1: I mean... Nicely. It's more like a caress.
0: Politely. Gently. Yeah. You'll love it.
1: Lovingly. Um, But besides listening to us, there's also ways you can listen early.
0: You could know what we were talking about early. You can get involved with the Geek Down Podcast. You can bask in the glory of the Geek Down Podcast at our Patreon campaign page, which is at patreon.com slash geekdownpod.
1: Um, There's lots of stuff there. Um, There's... Uh, a feed with inter- there is a feed interesting with, information. With,
0: eh, a little less this week. We'll get into it in a moment, but yeah, a little less this week.
1: Um, there is a playlist.
0: There is the weekly Geekdown Geek Down playlist, yes. Uh, if you're wondering what Caitlin and I are talking about before the mics roll uh, last week, it was Paramore, which is why Paramore ended up on. <laughs>
1: It's true. And why I listened to it 5 million times while I was doing my work at home.
0: Ain't It Fun was a good jam, y'all.
1: Depending on what level you subscribe at to the Patreon, um, there you can get the episodes early.
0: You can get a preview of what we're talking about. Sorry, a
1: preview of what we're talking about. So you can know um, what we'll be talking about if you wanted to, say, watch along or read along. Yes. Um, Or if you're the type of person who hates spoilers and, you know. Want to be up on that before we spoil it all for you?
0: Spoil it all, and as well, I believe when we're done this, we're going to record our first bonus episode.
1: Bonus episode—that is super exciting.
0: So, currently, one person will get it,
1: <laughs> but that'll we're, be a lucky we're, person. We're
0: deciding; <laughs> it may it may go out to the uh, to the five dollar patrons as well. Um, um,
1: and there's also a a print.
0: We will have a print coming. Yes, the print is is done. Caitlin and I have both seen it. There was a process photo that went up. I don't know if I put that up publicly or to just to pay patrons. But yes, that is that is up there of Caitlin and myself uh, caricatured, depicted, depicted as our, uh, as our equine alter egos, our magical equine <laughs> alter egos, Sunshine Bubbles and Scarlet Ember. By a friend of the show, Kaim Dar, who really, you got some deep cuts in there. Yeah. He kind of went above and beyond.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'm not going to say it doesn't weird me out a little bit to look at it, but that's just has more to do with the concept of My Little Pony. Sorry, <laughs> e- magic equine. <laughs> Magical equine. <laughs> what are
1: you doing?
0: Than uh, Kaim's artistic skills. <laughs> but, yeah, he's uh, there's, there's some Easter eggs in there.
1: Yeah, which good. is
0: Which was surprising. So, shouts to you, Kaim. And, hey, that can be yours for the low price of $25. We're only making 25 of them tops, so yeah. addition to 25, when they're gone, they're gone.
1: Super, super rare. Um, I think
0: we may be at a point definitely in the next couple of weeks where it might be time to get Caitlin a chair.
1: I think so. We might just go on a shopping spree.
0: We might just have a little, little photo essay, Jordan Kate, go to Ikea. <laughs> Yeah. Get Caitlyn a chair. Or it's Walmart. Or Walmart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's just, let's face back Jordan to it. Go to Walmart and get yeah. her a
0: chair. And that'll be for $5 or more patrons on the Patreon feed. So, yes, we're we're trying to make it fun for you. Listen, yeah. we're trying, but it's a struggle sometimes because, listen, I'm going to go straight into, ch- into Chit Chat, Kate. I'm going to die soon. <laughs>
1: You kind of mentioned something about that earlier. I am concerned.
0: Maybe you should be. I'm just like looking at my schedule and like, I'm working so much. (laughs) And this podcast is not, you know, it's a very enjoyable endeavor for me, but it's not a small commitment.
1: It's still work.
0: In my time. It's work that I greatly enjoy, but it's still like, you know, if I have to work tomorrow night, the bulk of my day will go towards you know, editing editing the show and getting all the other ancillary duties uh, completed along with it. And I'm on five midnights and then off a day and on another five midnights after that. And I'm going to die, Caitlin.
1: <laughs> that sounds horrible.
0: <laughs> and, you know, like, you know you, you, your mom got cancer. And you're doing the podcast and you're working all the time. And it's just I, just, I just, can I please have some fun in my life soon?
1: Uh, please? Uh, I don't know. When you get to our age, uh, The fun, the fun narrows, especially (laughs) the definition of what fun is. Like, I really like having nothing to do in the evenings, watching TV, and going to bed really early. Like, that is fun for me.
0: That's fun for me too. But can I like go for a walk outside before that? Like, Uh, spend a little time with the sun. I took the garbage out today. (laughs) It was the best part of my weekend, Caitlin. I took the garbage out (laughs) without uh, Um, without a jacket on. Felt the sun hit my face and went, "Oh, hello, friend."
1: So with that, that kind of talk, um. Folks, if you, if you see me putting things together, putting things together, like, like playlists and if things get weird, posts. things
0: get weird on the geek down in the next couple of weeks. <laughs>
1: There is a chance it might be that Caitlin's messing around. Because Jordan
0: collapsed at Caitlin's feet and said, I know you're busy with work, but I can't do it all myself anymore, Caitlin. I can't carry this all by myself.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that I'm just giving forewarning people. Um, Also, you may see some posts up on uh, our Facebook, which is at.
0: I don't start it.
1: Well, I just I wanted to make sure you were prepared. It looked like you're about to take a sip of coffee and I wanted to like let you know it was coming.
0: The Facebook group is at
1: www.facebook.com. Facebook dot com
0: forward slash
1: Geek Town Pod. Good Lord. See, now he's taking a sip of his coffee and I'm pulling a, a Randy Newman.
0: A Randy Newman?
1: Yeah. Nash's taking a bite <laughs> <out> of <her> <laughs> apple. <laughs>
0: Jesus, that's so, that was some deep nerd comedy joke.
1: Uh, but.
0: So yeah, that's that's my life. I have no chit-chat because basically I sleep and work and play Borderlands and devote too much of my life towards something that'll come up in updates later. But
1: uh, how How's Borderlands?
0: Uh, that could come up in updates too. But it's, it's I was a little worried I was going to get stuck because I definitely hit this bus that was like like yo dog we heard you like mechs so we talked (laughs) a mech that made mechs um no yeah it was this like maker bot that made giant mechs and it was just i was getting destroyed and it involved oh my god basically you had to play for an hour to get to the boss and then the best you could do is like zap out like there was like a fast travel station right before the boss right but then you couldn't fast travel back to just before the boss you had to start from this building oh way at the beginning so it took like an hour (sighs) not super impressed about that borderlands game designers but it's basically like because they're mechs you need like a corrosive weapon and if you don't know borderlands the actual game not tales of weapons are pretty much randomized like you can open the same chest over and over and it's always gonna have different shit in it and it's just well will we find an acid weapon today i hope so and then i finally found like a submachine gun that had acid bullets and
1: that was pretty cool
0: just fired off into this mech's face and finally did it but yeah that was that was not that was not fun that was actually the building i was playing when caitlin came in i was trying to do something trying to do a side mission in this building but that was the building you saw me in where i was just like uh, you seemed
1: uh very focused and not too happy did i seemed
0: agitated yeah i yeah. might have been a little agitated <laughs>
1: Um, that was one thing I could never get uh, with video games: is if it was difficult and upset people, why they played them? <laughs> I'm like, I enjoy Mario Kart. If I love the Rainbow Road. Eh, it's not a big deal.
0: <laughs> what was that? I saw the best like, the best like Mario Kart themed takedown for like why don't they have International Men's Day or White History Month or whatever? <laughs> it's like it's for the same reason you don't get a blue shell when you're in first place; you're already winning.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, use Mario Kart. It's the only thing that we can get through
0: to them with. <laughs> it's the only, the only thing the nerds will understand. I just had a side... Listen, I had some things going on in, like, fandom world this week that we may or may not get into, but we're trying to keep it tight. But just, like, if anyone can tell me or make me a mug that says weeb tears on it... <laughs> I really want that mug. No, I, the mug. I looked... I tried looking it up. No one has made this. Maybe I'm leaving money on the table and I should be making this, but...
1: Maybe. that
0: would be maybe the next Patreon bonus. <laughs> we burn through the prints a mug that says Weeb Tears because mm, they're delicious.
1: Yeah. They can be.
0: Weeb Tears are delicious. Basically, somebody challenged the notion that on the IGN board of like, so all the people who complained that Yuri on Ice was overhyped yeah. when that show was really bumping off and popular... Do do y'all think that Dragon Maid is overhyped? Because Dragon Maid's getting as much shine this season as Uriah Ice did last year, but nobody seems to be complaining about. And Dragon Maid,
1: I would like to say that I don't know why.
0: I do. It's because girls liked it. Girls liked Uriah Ice. Oh no,
1: no, I'm saying yeah. Well, yeah. No, I mean, but I would. I don't know why Dragon Maid's getting so much shine. Well,
0: frankly, I don't either. Dragon Maid is fine, but it's, it's not like yeah,
1: it's okay, <laughs> but. It's, it's also gross fine. in
0: some parts. It's super gross, and not thought that Yuri on Ice w- w- didn't have its gross esque moments as well. But I mean, listen, it's the ratio is a hundred to one. Like, yeah, every time Quetzalcoatl comes on screen, whoop. whoop, whoop, whoop.
1: like legit, walks into a
0: room, whoop. whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah. and I just I shout her out on Twitter, but I don't think she's on Twitter very much. So I will shout her out in public to. Uh, IGM board member Megan Murphy, who is the one who started this conversation, because girl, queen, you know what you were doing. Oh, yeah. You put that out there just so, we could, so you could sit back and watch these dudes try and fumble their way around, not admitting that they hate your on Ice because women like it, and that women are yeah. ruining their precious anime.
1: And they're homophobic and
0: misogynistic. And it didn't always go well for, <laughs> for the dudes. Surprise. Yeah. So, yeah. Give me a mug that says weeb tears. I really want that. You've heard him. <laughs> Deliver. <laughs> Deliver to me, internet.
1: Um, for me, it's not really much going on. No. Rebels is... Can, this is Star Wars Rebels continues to be good. I did bring in... Is
0: that the new season? Are we on the uh, new The season?
1: new... Uh, yes. This is the new season that's going on right now. Um, I did bring in... I have a model of the ship Ghost from Star Wars Rebels. And sure. I brought it into work. And I'm slowly adding things to my nerd trove. And... Amazingly, my coworker. Maybe they won't
0: figure it out. Oh well,
1: my! <laughs> amazingly, my coworker noticed there was something new with at, on the nerd wall. She's like, "Oh, what's that?" And then she regretted it immediately because then I told her about what <laughs> what ghost was and why it was important and where it showed up. And yeah, she just shook her head and you know called me a, a dork again.
0: Yeah, it's like when women on first dates go. So what's up with this Japanese band you like?
1: Yeah. I don't you don't know, do that. You know what
0: doesn't happen after that? Second date.
1: <laughs> Thankfully Ba-dum-bum. I've met someone who likes to talk about uh Star Wars ships as much as I do. So, you know, you'll find your match out there. They're out there for you.
0: Yeah, I'm holding my breath.
1: <laughs> um, but other than that, uh not much. I haven't watched tons of TV. I've been doing extra work, so it's just been work, work, work. And then now I have to sing the Rihanna no, song. Not can, not
0: gonna no, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Y'all can do it at home. <laughs> you were all thinking it.
1: Totally putting that on the playlist. Um,
0: also, related. Man, yeah. shout, shouts to Aubrey. Aubrey had his new record come out this week, or playlist, he's calling it. Um,
1: And sorry, for those of two things, I, I was going to say, for those people who don't know, what is a weeb?
0: Oh, weeb. Oh, God. Let's do this briefly. Um Weeb is short for weeaboo, which is basically, long story short, it's uh, it was a word that 4chan appropriated from the webcomic Perry Bible Fellowship yep. to basically, hashtag not all otaku, but like to really denote somebody who's like given up on their own culture to, you know, when you cannot speak a lick of Japanese, but because you've watched so much anime that when you're surprised by something, you go, Nani! You just, you know, always got a pocky hanging out the side of your mouth. Like, you have a body pillow. Like, that that level of. Right. And also, you know, probably the type of anime fan that's, like, when gross girls and people who want, you know, who wonder why secondary female characters can be introduced by something other than an upskirt shot, you are ruining it for those people. Those are weebs.
1: Yes. And um, when you say Aubrey. Oh, that's Drake. There
0: you go. That is, that is the six gods. <laughs> Actual government name.
1: Hey, funny, hmm. funny thing. I found out what the six refers to. <laughs> we had this conversation. Like we, we had this
0: conversation a long well, time ago. Well, we
1: thought it was because of the four one six six four seven thing, but it's not. Or the, it's the townships
0: six. that became the megacity.
1: It's the six, yeah. Six, six Etobicoke, cities. Etobicoke, North York, in Scarborough,
0: the, East the, York. <laughs> What would be considered a borough, even though Toronto is much more sprawling than something like New York, but yeah, but yes, Drake, he's not, uh, he's not calling it an album. He's calling it a playlist because it's not like, yeah, he's on most songs, but some songs are like, just, there's like a song by Samfa, the English piano crooner type guy. He's actually 4422. It's actually one of the best songs on it. Um, but to my delight, because you can take the boy out of Detroit, but you can never take Detroit out of the boy mm-hmm. um it's got a song on there that's clearly going to own this summer so I'm warning y'all now sorry friends it's called Passion Fruit <laughs> it's basically one dance 2k17 it's his like his feel good two-step bop but at the start there's a you hear like a dude it's like really like techno yeah. you hear like a dude talking at the start about like let me rewind that record back and you know fuck that and you should have a drink I'm a sound better and I was like is that that sounds like Moody Man and I like look it up and yeah it was Moody Man Moody Man is a really weird eccentric like techno artist from detroit um so if if drake is bringing moody man to the wider the wider world that makes me happy
1: that's good these are all these are all happy fun things
0: and i mean mean, it suffers from the same thing all rap suffers from these days which is you know crooked hi-hats
1: I love how you said suffers. Like, you know you're the only person who's probably been like, I've had enough of cricket hi-hats.
0: You know what cricket hi-hats are? Listen, this is, this is copyright 2K17, Jordan Ferguson. This is my own term for it. It's basically when, uh, well, let's get technical with it, when the hi-hats switch to like 64th notes. You've already I, lost I me. I can't even like approximate it. So when basically when you hear a rap song and hi- hi-hats, yeah. the tick ticks go yeah. like... Every trap, like, since, like, 2010, every trap song has done this, and I'm so over it.
1: I'm so over it. he's probably one of the only people who can hear it because he was a drummer, and... I'm sure
0: there are other people. I mean, uh, lots of people can hear it because they're deliberately putting it in their songs, but, like...
1: Well, sometimes they put sort of subconscious notes and tones and stuff, and if you don't listen to a ton of the music, you are just like, that's a noise.
0: Yeah, listen, I don't know. I just don't know when that became a thing and the only thing for rap music in
1: 2017. Um, I'm kind of done with uh, Disney films not being musicals.
0: Like you only want Disney films to be musicals?
1: Like if you're going to remake a classic, make it a musical.
0: Are you segueing to news? Yeah, I am. Oh my god, that friends! I didn't even see it coming.
1: Didn't even see it coming. You
0: are so mm, you're so good at this. So good. God damn. You
1: bet, you're gonna love my playlist.
0: You're a fucking vision. I can't, <laughs> you. you're- I can't even deal with you. I can't even deal. with Give me some news. I can't even look at you right now. That was um, so good.
1: Apparently, the live action Mulan is not gonna have any music in it.
0: Apparently, yeah, I saw that headline. Seems to make zero sense to me.
1: Um, well, they want it to be sort of a, I'm going to use the term dark and gritty, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, uh, martial arts film.
0: Fucking Crouching Tiger.
1: I think it must be. Yeah. Um, the, this is an announcement actually by, uh, not an announcement, but Phone uh, was um, doing an interview with Nikki, uh, I think it's Cara, uh, who is the director of Mulan. Mm. Um, and she said that there's not going to be any music, which brings us to a great article written by io9 about how that the fact that this song, I Will Make a Man Out of You... Uh, is not going to be in Mulan, is a tragedy of our time. It's a great song. It's a powerful song. It's not a silly song. It's, you know, that's my cleaning song. It's the first song I put on <laughs> in my cleaning playlist. Um, And I think that if you don't give your... Your movies about not technically Mulan, but about princesses, something more with the songs then you're kind of taking away what makes Disney special. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty disappointed about it.
0: You're also already kind of setting up that movie to fail,
1: but taking out the songs.
0: Well, like when all the other ones are musicals, right?
1: Well, they're not. Cinderella wasn't, but Cinderella was terrible. I they mean, did a Cinderella? Yeah, but they should have. They should have really just remade Ever After. Because Ever After was a much, it was a way better film. If you're going to take a, a Cinderella story was film. Was that the Amy Adams one? She, it wasn't, it was, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, 90s. Pawing at me like a cat again. Yeah, uh, 90s, not Claire Dane's. She was in Scream. She died at the beginning.
0: Drew Barrymore? Drew Barrymore. Dear God, what is this movie? I don't even know what this movie is.
1: Oh, you were no, going to. No, yeah. no, no. Oh,
0: yes. <laughs> nope.
1: One day soon you are going to get ever after. You have Shit done this goddamn. to yourself. Anyways, it's a great film from the nineties. Um as far as Cinderella films go. Um, this Cinderella film, again, it was a couple of years ago. It was terrible. Um the only good point it was it had uh Derek Jacoby in it, who died, so whatever. Um <laughs> <laughs> It was it it was it was very sad. Um but I just think that I mean Beauty and the Beast is a musical. Um, um,
0: There's just so many of these are musicals, and that's you know going to be part of the appeal to going to see something like Beauty and the Beast or yeah. The Lion King or what have you. So yeah. already you have like taken the music out of the movie starring Asian people.
1: Yeah, exactly. And how many? How many? You're fun already putting it like dif- two strikes against it before and, you put it out, and you're making it uh, different and. You are, how many musicals are there with Asian actors that are mainstream? (gasps) Yeah, that's zero. (laughs) That's zero. Um, You've sort of taken this opportunity um, away from the Asian community. And maybe they, she has a vision in mind and it's not part of her vision. And that's cool because, you know. I understand that directors want things done a certain way. I just think it's too bad and it takes away some of the fun of Disney films. That's all. That's all.
0: Well, something else that ain't fun. What? So I'm used to like processing, you know, basically a death a week in my life because it seems (laughs) to be at the point where like, you know, every funk icon from like, you know, the golden age of soul and funk records that I buy has been passing away.
1: They're just piecing out.
0: So yeah, we have like the funky drummer. We mentioned Clyde Stubblefield A guy named Junie Morrison passed away. A guy named Leon Ware who did songwriting for the Jacksons and Marvin Gaye passed away. Doesn't usually come up on the show much cause it's music related, but we do have to uh, offer salute and praise to uh, Bernie Wrightston who passed away this week. Bernie Wrightston best known for basically one of the best horror illustrators ever. Bernie Wrightson was best known on the mainstream side of things, perhaps for being the co-creator of the Swamp Thing and sort of defining the feel and look of that book back in the 70s. But he also did, I think the first thing I really remember him doing was, uh, so the the old Big V Drugstore in my hometown you know, we used to, amazing. used to swing by there on after church on Sundays where my dad would get the uh, get his copy of the Sunday paper. Yeah. And sometimes we'd like noodle about and they would have a, you know, a small like paperback section and mm-hmm. they had like a, like a glossy papered version of an old Stephen King novella called Cycle of the Werewolf. I think really? it was called. Yeah. It was a short story, but it was like expanded out into a uh, into a novella and it had color illustrations from Bernie Wrightston. And I remember just being like That's amazing. fascinated as a child by yeah. these like drawings of like a dude turning into a werewolf and such and that sort of thing um if you look at his black and white work it's like untouchable nobody nobody gets near to the atmosphere that dude could create um (laughs) neil gaiman actually and it's always sad when like you see somebody realize someone they knew and respected passed away in real time on twitter (laughs) because basically he hadn't heard and somebody on twitter told him oh he then shortly followed up with a post from, uh my God, they were all so young. It was a photo of Neil Gaiman, Frank Miller, Bill Sienkiewicz. If you're like a comics, you did like Electro Assassin and yeah. New Mutants and shit in the 80s. Um, Bernie Wrightson and there was someone else. I don't even know who it was. He just referred to him by the first name, but God, they all looked like a indie rock band. Like they, just, <laughs> they just looked like the the coolest motherfuckers in the world. Um But yeah, it just... it's this is how time works, right? (laughs) Just like we're going to, more of them will be coming. But anyway, yeah, go out and find some of those old swamp things that he did, or even just throw his name into Google image search and look at some of the, the way he worked with shadows and dark patches. And, and he has real, like kind of sketchy sketch woodblock type of feel to a lot of his work. Um, and pretty much specifically only worked in horror. Um, Gaiman also posted the the one thing they ever got to work together on i think he did a cover for a special or i know he might did a pin-up i think sometimes they would do these pin-up books for sandman mm-hmm. and uh bernie wrightson had done one of Cain and abel and goldie the dragon from uh from those side characters yeah who uh hung out at the house of secrets uh in the sandman books and it was just a, obviously it was a gorgeous photo and neil posted both the um the uncolored in the original pencil sketch and just dude was a legend and i think he was only like 61 or something like it was not that's not an old age so shouts to bernie reyston all love and respect to his family and yeah definitely go out and check out his work got anything happy before we get out of here
1: yeah speaking of comic books um if you're hankering for some x-men comic books
0: you got a hankering
1: you are in luck my friend um, this is
0: interesting i did see this story and as a preface before caitlin digs into the story i think it should be said that like the thing with the x-men books for a long time now has always been that marvel was low-key trying to get out of the x-men business yeah because as has come up on the show before and as many people have mentioned when marvel was facing bankruptcy they sold off all the hot properties. To other studios. Mm-hmm. And they started their own studios, which is Marvel Studios. And that's why in the comics, you always see Captain America and Iron Man and the Avengers always put up front. Whereas because they had to sell the X Men to Fox, they don't get any. They don't really get any cash off of that. That's why you don't see a lot of action figures from the X Men movies or things of that sort. And the tinfoil hat conspiracy theory was that they were trying to de-emphasize the X-Men and emphasize the Inhumans as your, like, you know, reason to randomly develop superpowers. Which
1: makes total at sense. At any point
0: in light, in life, because the Inhumans were always connected to this, you know, power cloud.
1: <laughs> magic mist. <laughs> the
0: magic, the magic Terrigen mist that would give powers to people, and that's how you got Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, and a bunch of other people. Um... And the Inhumans. I think they're getting a TV show next year or this fall. I don't remember, but yeah. that was always the thing. Is like you know, they're low key trying to like push the X Men off stage left and emphasize the Inhumans. But nay, no,
1: they this this story has been around since last year, um, but now there's been more of a like a push, I guess, by Marvel, a big push to show off some of the titles. The new world they've developed has a stupid name um and oh, i can say it cuz it's
0: so terrible i can't
1: say it um, properly but it's a uh, re- resurrection <laughs>
0: Resur- do you actually have it on there let me see yeah. how they're trying it it's yeah. got an x on a weird spot but
1: resurction.
0: really it is it is resurrection
1: it's it's r e s u r r
0: i thought they were just using the x to like for the t i o n but X-I-O-N. no it's
1: i o n
0: r e s u r r X-I-O-N. X-I-O-N. It is Resurrection. God damn, God damn it, Marvel.
1: Um, everyone has said, everyone, that this is a stupid title. I don't know why they went with this. I guess there's only so many times you've got Rebirth and New Class and... Yeah,
0: there's so, so many X-puns. Only so many X-puns you can make.
1: Anyways, um, some of these titles include um, something that's interesting. There will be uh, X-Men... Gold and an X Men Blue, which are, it's a throwback to some of the names of the old teams.
0: Back in the 90s, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, there's going to be an all new X Men, <laughs> uh, Uncanny X Men, mm-hmm. Cable, Generation X, Iceman, Gene Gray, and uh, I think there's going to be, I mean, there's going to be quite a few. Um, I th- think that. Uh, they have a couple of the younger generation ones as well.
0: Go on a limb here. Yeah. This is too many X-Men books.
1: Possibly.
0: This is too many X-Men books.
1: Possibly. But if you were really hankering, like I said, and you were like, where are my X-Men books? There they are.
0: If you're really hankering, I hope you're on Marvel Unlimited and are just paying your like $7 a month to read all these.
1: Um, what's really interesting, and again, you can find this on io9, um, there is a launch trailer. So you know how they were doing book trailers for a while?
0: Yes, the best ones I ever saw were uh, for Ta-Nehisi Coates' Black Panther. Like, I, Jean Grey would be like dropping... Sorry, the rapper Jean Grey right would be like dropping freestyles in like a Brooklyn laundromat as like images from the Black Panther book would That's cool. flash by.
1: Um, in the the launch trailer for Resurction... Resurction! <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um, it has the old 90s x-men tv show music um and it's got like all
0: the the different Mm -hmm. um
1: comic books and the 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 names of the writer artist and yeah there's only one set of females i just want to point that out um and yeah so
0: dudes love writing the x-men yeah they do uh
1: if you're interested take a look if you have comments about this let us know um we'd love to hear about whether when you start reading them what you think
0: you excited that the x-men are back yeah on mass
1: there's a there's a lot of them now.
0: There, there are.
1: Yeah, because they won't <laughs> Kate, let any of them die. Kate knows
0: this. Kate knows this very in depth, considering what she had to read this week.
1: And we'll get to that.
0: We will get to that right now. Well, after we take this break,
1: we'll see you soon. Back to the show. This Yay! is the part of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other. Yeah, it is. Uh, but before we do that, we have three rules. Three of them. The first rule being the rule of three.
0: The rule of three.
1: Which means that if uh, we are given something that is done in parts or episodes or cycles or sub cycles or soul cycles or
0: so, tri cycles. At soul or, cycle when you're looking at it.
1: Um, then. You have to give it at least three tries or three...
0: Watch or read three of the things.
1: Yeah, that's it. Those are the words I was looking for.
0: Give Um, the thing a chance to be the thing it's going to be. Yes. Sometimes things need a little time to get going.
1: Yeah, like like our show, show. First three episodes, they're kind of first
0: rough. three. Oh, you were going to say months. You were going to say episodes. Sorry. <laughs> so it's like first three months. Mu- oh, you were going to say episodes. I was going to say months. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I mean, the first two episodes were literally in a <laughs> pod in the library, so a plastic tube in a yeah, library. Yeah. Um, and we got yelled at the, the, the second episode. Yeah, we did. Uh. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod.
0: Hashtag save it for the pod.
1: Which means that we will not talk about the things we've given each other until we are sitting in front of these microphones. So don't
0: talk about the thing.
1: So you get the, as Jordan puts it, freshest of takes.
0: The hottest piping fresh takes.
1: Um, as I would say it, it's so that we don't spoil anything and you get all the funny stuff.
0: Yeah, we don't want to don't want to waste all our best material on each other. I know.
1: We barely like each other. <laughs> I um, believe
0: we've done this for a year. <laughs>
1: The third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's more of a policy, is yar. There will be spoilers.
0: Pro spoiler podcast.
1: Very much so. So if you don't like spoilers, you got to hit the road. I'm not even. I'm not even making it sweet anymore. You've been listening to the show for a while. Get
0: out. You know know what what we do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you know what time it is.
1: And and we're trying to make it light and tight, right?
0: Yes. So we don't have time to coddle you. Just get out. We got to get into it. Out, out. So we like to alternate.
1: Yeah. And this week, I go first. Yes. All right. And I gave Jordan a movie that I really, really liked when it came out. And I think I've seen it one other time, but it was a, quite a while ago.
0: <laughs> Kate's not even sure if she likes it <laughs> anymore, but...
1: At the end of the time, I was like, uh... I- You know what? It's because I had seen it before I'd seen anything like Zombieland or anything like Mm. that. So it was one of the first movies I'd ever seen that done sort of something fun with zombies. And that movie is Fido. Um, Fido is a 2006 Indie-ish movie um, from the director Andrew Curry, who is a Canadian film director and screenwriter. You don't know what he's done. You've never heard of anything he's done.
0: Y'all. This movie is Canadian.
1: It is super Canadian and super sort of indie small film. Yeah. Um, the Really, the only two stars of the film are Carrie Ann Moss, a, the lovely Canadian actress, also known for being in The Matrix, and the wonderful and amazing and in another universe, um, my father, Billy Connolly.
0: Did not even know that was him. And when I saw the castless after the fact when oh that's why she loves this movie
1: one of the reasons i love this movie
0: couldn't even tell it was in um
1: yes uh it is a 1950s-esque alternative universe where radiation from space has uh turned the dead into zombies and therefore there was the big zombie war um but now the world has settled down humans have won the zombie war and now use zombies as servants and slaves. Um, yeah, they
0: found some collars that will...
1: Yes. Uh, a, a one of the major company in the movie developed collars so they can control the zombies' urges to eat flesh and drink your blood. Yeah. Uh, you know, important stuff like that. Um, and it is the story about a family who gets a zombie who the son... Um, Timmy names Fido uh, against the father's wishes who father fought in the zombie wars and has a fear of zombies. Um, And it's basically sort of the misadventures of this zombie and, and how things go badly and then turn happy in the end. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs)
1: That's pretty, it's pretty close. I think Um, (laughs) along the way, there's probably some commentary about treating zombies a certain way. It tries. Um, but yeah, that's basically the film. Mostly, I gave the film to Jordan because I kind of, kind of am interested in what Jordan would think of it. Um, it's not, you know, one of my favorite films or anything, but I thought it was interesting when I watched it. So, Jordan, how did you like Fido?
0: First off, it has to be said, it's a Canadian movie, but it doesn't look like a Canadian movie. Because friends, if you're unfamiliar, like you know how like, Boing Boing or some sites like that will show like. Forgotten artifacts of like Russian pop culture. And you watch it and you're like, that's so janky. Why did anybody ever think that was cool? Yeah. Canadian pop culture? Not that far removed.
1: So there is a music video by the Bare Naked Ladies, one of their first, which is, um, it's a cover of Lovers in a Dangerous Time. Yes. And that is sort of like the epitome of Canadian jankiness. It's filmed on like- <laughs> on the back
0: of a truck. and Yeah. Going and, through the suburbs of Scarborough. And
1: it's black and white and it's filmed in like February. No.
0: The epitome of Canadian pop culture yeah. is Rita and Friends.
1: <laughs> oh, wait. Do I know? I know Rita and Friends. Oh! Oh my God! There yes. you go.
0: There you go, <laughs> friends. Yes. Just for context, I'm gonna walk you back. <laughs> so I used to work at this youth center back when I was a kid, and one of the things I used to do was it was a good way to you know, there's not a lot of job opportunities in my small town, but you know, you can make like you know, fifty to hundred bucks a week if you uh, you know, supervise at this youth center. Yeah. Answer the phones, hang out, make sure kids weren't fucking in the closet, like you know. Wow. Basically. <laughs> Hey, listen, if you were a kid looking to fuck, it was a big, huge former school. It would have been great, great building to try it. Um, I basically hung out and played pool with, you know, local teenagers and shot the shit with them for like four hours and got like 50 bucks a night. Um, Fridays were the death night because nobody's coming in on a Friday, but they were, you know, they wanted to be open anyway. So all they had was basic TV, like basic TV. And the reception wasn't even that great, but you could get CBC Windsor 9. You know what aired (laughs) on CBC Windsor 9? Rita and Friends on a Friday night. Friends, just Google image search Rita McNeil. She was a uh, pop singer. (laughs) It was a
1: pop. It was like adult contemporary. (laughs) Ah,
0: I don't know. She was kind of country, kind of. I don't know. She she a big lady. Yes. She's a big lady. Definitely would have a hard go of it. Today, in today's climate, think Susan Boyle. There you go. Think Susan Boyle. Yeah. But, like, actually made a career without having to be discovered on, like, a. Yes. You know, she actually made a career for herself. I, I don't even know if she's passed away or not. I believe she has, yes. Rest in peace to Rita McNeil. But anyway, that's what we're talking And, like, you know, the McGaricles. McGonagles? McGaricles? Who the hell is that family? Okay. <laughs> that singing family from Halifax? <laughs>
1: Like, you know, when you haven't heard and you thought, have not thought about something in a really yeah. long time. <laughs> a
0: part of your brain's just shaking shit loose That you're like, yeah. oh my God. And there's what? like
1: cobwebs and stuff. That guy, guy with
0: the afro and the mustache from the beachcombers. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're talking about with Canadian, but things that are made in Canada for Canadians. Fido does not look like that.
1: No, no, it doesn't. To
0: its credit. So, I mean, that, that listen, that's a big plus for me on this. So, you were having kind of a hard time giving the synopsis. Yeah, because that's kind of this movie's problem. It kind of
1: just wanders, wanders like around. Like zombie, it shuffles
0: through a few different themes. Um, most reviews, when I went back and looked, kind of like all chided this movie for having the same problem, which that its premise was thin. That there wasn't. Yeah, they kind of had like
1: there was no there was no very like I feel with something like Zombieland, there was a plot. Mm. Um. And even though they did a bit of like traveling and wandering, there there was a, a relatively strong plot.
0: Yeah. Like I feel like, so they're definitely playing on the fifties suburbia. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely you know,
0: clashing the fifties Leave It to Beaver suburbia type environza with you know zombie horror, and basically at one point what you have is later in the movie, you know two thirds through, uh, Timmy gets like absconded with by some bullies and they're going to uh they're basically trying to set him up they want to be heroes basically they've been blamed for something they want to be heroes so they're basically trying to use Fido to um attack Timmy and then um they're gonna shoot Fido and they'll be heroes and you know blah 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 and these are like 11 year old kids yeah this is the age group we're working with and what ends up happening is they they disable Fido's collar Fido. Because I don't know, he's you know found his his the Tin Man found his heart or whatever like, yeah loves Timmy and does not end up attacking him. He attacks the bullies and saves Timmy, and then it ends up with Fido going to get the mom, and they're definitely doing the Lassie thing. Like you know, Timmy fell down a well. Go, yeah, go. yeah. <laughs> Even the kid's name is even Timmy. Uh, you know, go get help, Lassie. I feel like that's the one idea they had for this movie, and they all just kind of work backwards from that. Right, like that'd be really funny, wouldn't it? If it was like a zombie instead of a dog. And then it all just kind of worked backwards from that, and they tried to build a movie like around that bit. Not that it's a bad bit, and not that they didn't do it terribly, but they didn't hit anything satirically. I didn't think they hit anything as hard as they could have. Yeah. Because at first, I thought they were really going to go with like a Revolutionary Road type of vibe with it. Because the thing about zombie movies or Godzilla movies or anything, you know, it's never about the zombies. It's about, you know, you're using the zombies to represent something else or to... Satirize something else, and in the early going, you get this bit where, like Carrie Ann Moss playing the mother, it's like they're the only family on the block that doesn't have a doesn't have a zombie. Yeah, because the husband doesn't want one because his da- his dad was a zombie turned got zombified and he had to shoot him in the head. Yep, type of thing. But you know, keeping up with the Joneses, they got to get a zombie, even though maybe they can't really afford it. I thought they were going to lean into that more, but they didn't really. That kind of yeah idea got left behind. I thought they were going to play more with the whole like. Like I said, revolutionary road, you know, the idea of the fifties suburban utopia and the rot underneath mm-hmm. that develops as people are just like unfulfilled. Timmy's father is like terrible, he has no interest in him whatsoever, which is never really explained. Like
1: no. they I mean, kind of just, nod to
0: like why he's a terrible father, I think but it's just
1: families in the fifties. Yeah,
0: maybe. Um so that's that's my one takeaway was that like it kind of, like, it was throwing a, p- a lot of punches at a lot of things satirically, but yeah. never really connecting. It was, like, grazing a lot of them.
1: And that's a really good... I think it just tried to take on too many things and didn't do anything. Um, again, this is sort of the... F- you don't really have much before this as far as zombie satire goes.
0: Shaun of the Dead. I mean, I and I saw one review that was basically... when I was reading the wiki on this. Like, accused this movie of taking up, like, a throwaway joke from Shaun of the Dead basically mean you know domesticated yeah. zombies like you know At the Ed. the end ed, ed, yeah was that yeah. name ed the, the nick end. frost character being like playing video games with him on the couch yeah. um
1: when, when was Shaun of the dead was that it-
0: sean the dead was 2004
1: okay so relatively close i guess i i think i must have seen fido before Shaun of the dead
0: and fido was 2007 yeah so relatively um, close
1: yeah you um, saw this
0: before Shaun of the Dead? I think so. Oh, yeah. That would that would, that would would color your perception of it yeah. then. Because if you'd see I Shaun of the so. Dead first. And to Shaun of the Dead's credit, Shaun of the Dead had emotional resonance in there at some point. Yeah. Like the bit where he's got to shoot his own mom. Like that came out of nowhere. And you're like, you're watching Shaun of the Dead for, you know, as they evaluate what records to throw at zombies. And, you know, these buffoons try and like make their way through you know, South London or whatever to safety. Yeah. Oops, his mom got bit. But didn't want to worry anybody, and now she's going to turn. He's got no choice but to shoot his mom. Like, that movie very effectively hammers you with some, like, emotional stuff. This movie never really does that. No,
1: no. There's never really anything at stake.
0: And the mom's pregnant, and that never really becomes anything. I guess the dad died at the end. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah. But nobody really seemed to care. No. And Timmy seemed to advance from, like, zombies kind of freaking him out and, like... To being BFFs and you know just digging shallow graves, being very nonplussed by murder yeah. when, they, when this one's when Fido eats the old well, lady.
1: Though I gotta, it like, is really that satire
0: weird. or bad writing?
1: I I think it's kind of fun. Do <laughs> You really like to
0: see old ladies get eaten? Uh,
1: not generally,
0: but <laughs> not in my day to no, day.
1: But I just think sometimes that having sort of. These people who take death callously is kind of fun, (laughs) especially when it comes to zombies and stuff. Um, Yeah, and and I think you're right. I think Shaun of the Dead balances things in an interesting way, whereas this kind of nothing's really ever at stake. You don't really care that the dad died. Yeah, there are no no Um, stakes. um, And it's kind of better for the family. The mom though <laughs> finally get gets a headless funeral for her husband, which is kind of like a point of like I understand your phobia of zombies. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna. Be and then that, that was the zombie. other thing. The
0: dad was always like super concerned about affording funerals for everybody. Yeah. And the mom and mom's like Timmy and I are going zombie. Like they don't want a funeral. They want yeah. to continue to live as zombies if they die. Type of thing. Yeah. Again, that's even, like, an interesting... You could extend that conversation by, like, yeah. three minutes of dialogue, and you could have something interesting there, but they don't. They just kind of, like, something happens. Yeah. Something bangs across the street, and <laughs> off they go. Um. So, I mean, like, as far as a rating, like, it's 90 minutes. Yeah. That gets you a six, like, out at, of at me, like... <laughs> just by default
1: it was a thing that happened
0: <laughs> like you were 90 minutes you did not overstay your welcome listen it's not everything it's clearly not everything that knows how to do that so yeah. they knew that like yeah, 90 minutes is probably enough for this story mm-hmm. that gets you at least a six so i mean i'll give it like a 6.5 Ooh,
1: 6.5 wow
0: pass it, it got a few listen it got a few chuckles out of me yeah but it never followed up any of the like I'm like, oh, it's going to do this. That will be interesting. It's going to like pull at this satirical thread regarding consumerism, or you know, satirizing 1950s utopia. What they
1: could have done is done a lot more with the, like you said, the people buying zombies. Um, some people not being able to afford them, but wanting to, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, is, um, and then do a thing where they're buying stuff that maybe isn't good for them. You know, there's like a high number of zombie deaths. Or death by zombie, and no one really wants to talk about it. Or, you know, there's some other horrible, you know, um, soylent Green is people type of like yeah. <laughs> undercurrent. But they, yeah, they never, they never really do that. But at the time,
0: and there was like a hand ringing conversation at one point about like, you know, when the, when the new neighbors move in and the the. Father is like the head of ZOMCOM security or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you think, think all those zombies are there? Well, probably. He's the head of ZOMCOM. You know, that whole kind of like clucking hen neighborhood type thing. But with yeah. zombies, like that could have been fun, but it never really settles on any one of these. It just kind of like makes one comment and then oh, they us on to something else. Yeah. It's Timmy playing catch and let's work on the zombie. Like the zombie as the dad stand in. Yes. They, that seems to be the one they wanted to lean into the most, but never really did mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, but it would do things well sometimes like the best moment i thought was when the father clearly not paying any attention to his son turns and smacks the kid in the head yeah. with his golf bag <laughs> I'm like more of that <laughs> like that actually made me laugh so that's why it's like like you said 6.5 like you're surprised like it was it was decent, but it's not doing
1: amazing things
0: anything it's not, not something i would go like out of my way to find and watch it's definitely like you know, we always talk about those movies that play on like a Saturday afternoon where if like, you are clearly not leaving the house, but maybe yeah. I'll settle in and watch this for a couple hours. Like, it's, it's like a Saturday afternoon, you know, action channel or sci-fi spaced space channel. Is that what we have in Canada?
1: Uh, yeah. something. I, 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 like I feel like the
0: space channel has probably shown this movie a whole lot because, you know, it's Canadian. We got to get our can cut in there. It should be. If it was like four o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. Cool. Watch this before dinner, before making dinner and, you know settling into the start of week and depression like
1: I said, it's mostly something i i brought because i don't really do zombie horror films i can't really do horror films mm. period um but i do like gore and i do like zombies i just don't want to see them ripping a pregnant woman apart like i just <laughs> it's not my that's not my bag um
0: I was really relieved when that baby at the end was like an actual baby. <laughs> I was like, are we going to go there? Are we going to go? Are we going to do not, that? No. No.
1: They did not go zombie baby route. Um, so, yeah, I was just more more curious than anything else.
0: Well, we got a pair of those this week. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Continuing our series on comics. Jordan read once when he got back into reading comics semi-regularly in the past <laughs> like five years and giving them to Caitlin. So the reason I gave Caitlin this one. This book has actually come up on the show before because Caitlin, one time we were talking about the X-Men. Hey, it's the X-Men again. Um, Yeah. Caitlin was bemoaning the fact that like, it's always the same shit with the X-Men. It's always the same characters. It's always the same stuff getting like trotted out again. And I went ding. Well, there was one book that dealt with a lot of new characters and was like focused on the school and like the new generation of mutants and whatnot. And so when I was starting to think that maybe we would give Caitlin more comics, traditional comics of the superhero capes and tights variety. Always in the back of my mind, I had this book, and I figured, nah, fuck it, She-Hulk went well. Yeah. Maybe this one will go well. And then I reread some of it and went, hmm, this one probably isn't going to go as well. <laughs> that is Wolverine and the X-Men, which was ran from 2011 to 2014, total run of 42 issues. All of them written by Jason Aaron, who is one of the bright lights of... Marvel Comics these days, which means he's probably about to bounce and go full creator owned at any moment. But for the moment, he is still doing a lot of writing for Marvel. He's also known for writing uh, Thor and the he's responsible for Lady Thor. It's been happening right now. I don't know if she still is Lady Thor or not, but...
1: I think she's... Well, they have just called her Thor. <laughs> they refuse to say Lady Thor. The people
0: might not know. The people listening might not know there's a Lady Thor right now, but the, the current Thor is a woman. The current wielder of Mjolnir. M- meow, meow? Meow, meow, meow. meow. Thor is still around there, still kicking around in the Marvel U. But he is unworthy at the moment, so he's like got some axe, I don't know. And the current worthy wielder of Mjolnir is actually uh, Jane Foster. Spoilers, spoilers for the current, Super spoilers, spoilers for the current Thor run. Um, I won't tell you the hook there with Jane Foster right now. But anyway, that's that. Jason Aaron is responsible for that. He's also written. Uh, he's the writer on Scalped which I've heard a lot of people enjoy. I have not read it, but Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of people enjoy it. And he writes another book called Southern Bastards. And yeah, he writes a whole bunch of stuff. And this was one of his first forays into Marvel U proper. And so for the listeners, maybe for yourself, yeah. (laughs) first of all, scale of one to 10, how much wicking did you have to do for this book? None. None. You didn't do any wicking? Nope. Interesting. Did I give you a sufficient backgrounder before you started? Or were you just like, fuck it. I'll go with that page at the start of every issue and rely on that.
1: Um, more so, I'm a really quick study. Mm. Uh, I'm also brilliant. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess I'm really, really. No, um, I happened to, when I was looking up Wolverine and the X-Men, I ended up uh, reading X-Men Genesis. Regenesis story, sorry. Um, which was a I one... don't even know what that is. It is a one-shot in between the end of the the split or the schism or what are they the, and so this
0: is kind of situated in it's one of the, the big they, hole yeah they do this sometimes where they like do a one-shot to kind of like set up all the books that are coming out of some
1: yeah it was um it was done by gillen i can't remember gillen his karen
0: gillen mr mr phonogram mr yeah, yeah yeah
1: um and um it was a one-shot and it basically did this I didn't really agree with, or maybe it had something to do with the schism, but basically it was um, uh, Cyclops and Wolverine locked in a battle, and it was each of them going to different mutants, asking them to join Mm. basically their side, Um, and it would represent this... In this sort of, it looked like a, it looked like Conan the Barbarian. Like everyone was dressed in like furs and there was fire and stuff. But it was weird. It was that spliced with what was really going on in the world. So it was, you know, um, Wolverine talking to Kitty Pride and mm-hmm. then it would be Cyclops talking to, um, to Storm. And
0: well, so let's not get ahead of ourselves here. So for the listeners, so we can start talking about the book. Basically, what had happened before the start of this book was uh, basically some shit had happened. The X-Men at that point had kind of been like hanging out on this island off the coast of California, called-, they called Utopia. Utopia. Which, as we mentioned, I think this has come up before. On um, The storyline has come up before on the show. And as Caitlin pointed out, nothing bad ever happens when you name somewhere Utopia.
1: <laughs> None at all.
0: Um, basically, there was a thing where uh, the Hellfire Club, occasional nemesis of... The uh, the X-Men mm-hmm. started making moves to try and, you know, destroy them, eliminate them sort of thing. Um, Quentin Quire, the pink haired kid who you would have seen. Yep. Um, he like kind of pranks the United Nations when, when Cyclops is giving a, uh, giving a speech about, you know, mutant tolerance and whatnot. Yep. And basically there's a bunch of... The Hellfire Club starts attacking Utopia and basically the titular schism has to do with... You know, they have basically all the mutants they can find. This is also post-M-Day. It should be said, God, I have too so much setup to do for this <sighs> fucking book. M-Day was a moment where the Scarlet Witch was basically like, there are no more mutants. And she kind of wiped all the mutants out of existence for reasons. We don't need to go through the whole House, house of M storyline. But at this point, there were no mutants except for like 198. Like, that's all that were left. Yeah. And like five. And then there was like a blip of five new mutants. So Cyclops is like hunkering down. We got to get everybody that we can't find out to this, you know, utopia. So Utopia is being attacked. And... Cyclops is very much of the mindset saying to everybody, including children, teenagers, you do what you have to do. Yeah. Like he basically wants to use them to fight where Wolverine of all people is like, no, we have to protect them. Like they shouldn't be fighting like sort of thing. So this philosophical difference between the two starts and comes to a head when Jean Scott makes some crack to Logan about Jean never loved you sort of thing. Yeah. They start fighting very brutally. um, And when it's all said and done, Wolverine's like, cool, I'm out. And he heads back to New York and starts the Jean Grey School for Gifted Youngsters. Yes. <sighs> so for all that setup, what we have in this book is the story of Wolverine's school. Yeah. He is the headmaster. Filmed the Charles Xavier slot, much to the amusement of Charles Xavier, yes. as you see in an early issue when he's getting the tour. Um, the faculty includes Beast, uh, Kitty Pride is the headmistress. The headmistress. Head um, who else is there? Husk. Husk. Cannonballs kicking around. Iceman. Yep. See a bunch of them. And evenly split with them are with the faculty. Like rogues in there and gambits in there, but you don't really see them much. don't see them much. Um, and a nod to one of my favorite outside the X universe books um, X Force slash X Statics by Peter Milligan. I'm like, all read. Uh, Dupe is like the secretary. Yeah. He's <laughs> at the front desk. Oh, God. I'm or he'll like,
1: be like raking leaves in the background.
0: <laughs> fucking love Dupe. Uh, Toad is the janitor toes the janitor and you also have the kids which are by and large new yeah. or new to you i think most of them have been kicking around since your boy grant morrison's yep. new x-men run uh, glob herman the guy with the the pink guy with his insides visible Yep, quentin choir was a grant morrison creation um a few other ones uh the biggest the the pov i guess is uh e-day. Uh, kinda, kinda. Uh, kind of kind of kind of Day was one of the five the five lights one of the five mutants uh, she's from Nigeria I believe definitely has a kind of like as Logan throughout his life has had um, you know mentor paternal like bonds with different characters over the years Kitty was one of them Jubilee was another Day definitely has that sort of relationship with yeah. him as well where he kind of looks looks after her uh, and my boy He's my favorite.
1: Brew. Yes, I think Fucking Brew's adorable. Brew.
0: Um So yeah, that's that's basically the story. Now, as Caitlin said, <laughs> you know, giving each other things that you're kind of like, ooh, yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just curious what she would think. So we talked last week about how She-Hulk was like the perfect... You can just step right in. Yeah. You don't need to know a damn thing about this. Nope. There's a one-page synopsis at the start. Basically be like, this is what She-Hulk is. Have at it. Yeah. Ooh, Lord. This is a this is a deeper dive. Uh, deeper than I remembered.
1: Yes. Well, there's a lot that happened. Um, They do a pretty good job of having a different story. So it's not like... They say, oh, remember that time when that happened? That's why it's happening again. Like, they don't drag that in. But Mm. particularly at one point, Ide says, or um, the pink-haired kid.
0: Quentin Quentin.
1: Quentin
0: No, Kid Omega's got them. No, Kid Gladiator. Quentin Quire likes to call himself Kid Omega sometimes, but they call him by his real name in this book. Kid Gladiator is the son of the Shi'ar guy. Yes. Yeah,
1: this is... So, Quentin Quire, he says that he was the reason... um, for the schism yes and ide says i pretty sure that was me um and you don't know what that means either way and i don't need to know
0: you don't need to know but it helps and one of the reasons why Day is always talking about what a monster she is is because she killed some people during the schism yeah. and that was one of the one of the reasons for the schism because you know cyclops was like do what you got to do E Day killed some people she was like mm, maybe i didn't want to do that
1: yeah and and you get that sense and they, they do a pretty good job of setting things up um I love that they make uh iceman he's not a joke he's like i'm I'm awesome and, and do there's some actually amazing a, things. A
0: very and listen quiet moments were always my bit with the x men like I really always loved those characters. My favorite issues to this day of the X-Men are the ones where they were just like, they'd be between major like arcs. Yeah. It'd be like a one shot where they were just chilling around the school and having Uh, character moments.
1: The best X-Men Christmas special was when they hung up with the mutants in the sewers like, (laughs) and they all went shopping, like best thing ever. Um, Yeah. No,
0: there's a great flashback between Logan and, and Iceman where Logan's basically like, I need you to do something you've never done before. Yeah. And he's like kind of gives him this quizzical look and logan's just like i need you to step up
1: and and that sort of pulls into bobby's thing about like i'm i'm gonna do it he's right i've i've kind of been a joke and uh, he ends up
0: making like ice golems that are like, yeah. like
1: um, they're like i didn't know you could do this he's like i didn't know either <laughs> but i stepped up and now i have this other cool thing i can do
0: um yeah because the first arc has to do with the hellfire club attacking which the school
1: my thing with the hellfire club i was like i don't understand why someone hasn't punched through those kids yet (laughs) i don't understand how someone hasn't just like
0: because this is like new generation hellfire club where they're all the kids are all like really sadistic 11 year olds
1: yeah 11 and 12 year olds which again i'm like i don't understand why someone hasn't you know thrown them into space um but i mean that was fine he the health the it was actually uh, really great, and I I really like character growth, especially character characters I'm really familiar with. Mm-hmm. And there is a particular scene where that you know the head of the Hellfire Club is all like "Have fun cleaning up the mess," um, and he leaves after they've saved the school and whatnot. And
0: sorry, I, I do want to point out because it was always one of my favorite moments in the book that the way the Hellfire Club tries to destroy the school is by putting a Krakoa underneath it. Yes krakoa the living island which is a nod back to uh you know the original all new all new x-men which when wolverine like made his debut with the x-men um
1: which he then he wants to become one of the x-men
0: yeah when they finally reach it telepathically they're like i don't want to do this can i just hang and they're like cool the school's on a krakoa now and the flowers shoot fire sometimes like yeah Um, this is the weird x-men book
1: which i really like um there are some things I don't like, but I'll get to that. But okay. the, what I did like when there's character growth, so the kids all being you know shmarmy. This is the um, the kid from uh, Hellfire or the main mm. guy from Hellfire, and he's being all shmarmy, and he's like, "Have fun cleaning it up." And you and Wolverine, he says something like, "I know I'm know how to deal with this or whatever," and you don't see anything for a while, and then Matt Murdock serves him with this like lawsuit for hundreds of millions of dollars because yeah,
0: they, um, they know he did it so like. yeah
1: and it was fantastic i i wasn't expecting that i thought that was fantastic um and i was and and uh and then matt murdoch says um yeah i also have a have a message for you from uh from wolverine which is uh back at you, bub meaning of the have fun cleaning this up um so that was great things i did not like
0: how far did you get
1: uh three in a bit three in a bit three in a bit
0: how did you feel about the art um so initially the art was done by uh chris i never know how to pronounce his name chris i always said Bacallo, chris bacalo um he is real angular real
1: i found it hard to to read
0: sometimes it can be and he he's very popular and i have greatly enjoyed his work in the past but he's getting real angular in his late stage yeah. yeah um really exaggerated you know Wolverine's jaw is like looks like an actual cinder block like.
1: <laughs> or they'll they'll have the like the character stuff um uh, was okay um the character stuff was good but the some of the angles and some of the way he's he's uh, done the viewpoints, it, it's very confusing, especially during fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you can't really tell. Like he'll just do. There will just be rubble somewhere, and you can't really tell what's going on with the rubble. And um, th- there's lots of lines everywhere. Um, but it was. It was. I mean, I'm always amazed at, at artists and and some of the panel stuff they do. Um, but I almost felt like he. It was too much like if he had just calmed it down just <laughs> a little he's pretty he's pretty excited yeah i
0: would be curious to think if you did go a little further he because i don't know if he can really keep up the pace of a monthly book he tends to do in this book they tend to do batches right and i think maybe more of the book ends up getting done by a guy named nick bradshaw i think his name is um who's a guy like i like never heard of before yeah. this book and is really fucking talented but much more like Traditional comic cartoony type right. look.
1: Um, I did like when there were a couple of flashbacks. Um, uh, Bachalo, I'm going to call him Bachalo, um, would do. Um, like, bl- like gray. They like
0: color it grayscale. Yeah. yeah,
1: and like the the panels were very straight. Mm. Um, which I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, I thought he just needed to calm down with the angles a little because I was getting dizzy reading it, and I was just sitting. I wasn't walking. Well, I was reading. I was just sitting and getting a little bit. So that's like that thing around. that I
0: always thought was weird when I was like super into comics back when I was in journalism school. Like, you know, get to cl- get to the school on a Wednesday with like a bag full of comics that I bought that day. Yeah, like I was the dude who was like mad into comics and. I remember just one of my friends being like, and I don't want to be like, oh, it's because girls don't know how to read comics, but it's definitely something I noticed with female friends more. They'd be like, well, let me see, let me see one of these things you're always going on about. And I hand her like a random issue of the X-Men and she like, she's like, I don't know how to read this.
1: Yeah. And I've always, I've been fine with like, when I think of something just to compare like Fiona Staples, right? Mm-hmm. Fiona Staples does something with Space where she can make even in a small panel, she can make there be lots of space. Everything's very clear. Yeah. Um, everything in his seemed very close to get too close together. And the book
0: itself is it should be said like, story is very dense, too. There's yeah. a million characters, there's a million things going on. And if you are used to this, as I am, because I've been, you know, reading X Men on and off since I was like 11 years old, you're like, oh, well, this isn't my favorite, but I'm used to it. I can deal with it because I like, you know. I like brew not knowing anything, not really understanding anything that's happening no. all the time and wanting to marry like yeah, E-Day immediately. immediately. Um, but if you come from She-Hulk, which is very, you know, leisurely paced, snappy dialogue, feels mm-hmm. very televisualistic. I don't know if that's a word or not, but like,
1: it is now folks,
0: <laughs> um, to go to this, which is very, it's a, it's a comicy comic. Like it's yeah. really <laughs> television that fe- TV that feels like TV. This is a comic that feels like a comic.
1: Yeah, and it makes my jaw hurt. Um, <laughs> there's a well, lot of having to like really focus on things and like reading stuff. Like I'm good uh, – as far as bubbles go, bubbles are fine. I can,
0: <laughs> bubbles are fine. I, I can, like bubbles. I can
1: follow them. I can follow how things are supposed to be moving. That's never been an issue. But trying to get the details of something when everything's so blah, like smashed together can be a little bit difficult. I was reading on my tablet. So that sometimes can it can be a little bit harder. Mm. Um, I find with comic geek comics, it can be a little bit harder. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I didn't like as far as story went. Um, when did Beast become a bumbling idiot? Like I just don't understand. And when did he become the scientist that does everything? <laughs> like I, you can't do all the sciences. You can only ca- pick like three tops um but and then this the, like the school was like literally about to set on fire at any second and i just thought I don't know that if was he was all.
0: bumbling but he definitely was you know, distracted
1: There he threw <laughs> a times. coffee pot at someone's head like cuz he was not paying attention i mean there was definitely some bumbliness he wasn't paying attention to anything um he wasn't around when they needed him that's not the hank McCoy i know and love
0: <laughs> Not not my beast
1: Not my beast he is beast is my favorite mutant
0: that's one of the reasons I wanted to give you this, because um, he, he was featured so prominently.
1: And I did, I did like at the end, though, that he had smooth-talked the, the people who were coming to look at the school.
0: Oh yeah, because like running through this attack on the school is they are trying to basically you know get the pass from the school board to yeah. exist sort of thing, which is a very sitcommy type of conceit.
1: Yeah. So he,
0: <laughs> the woman gets turned into a Wendigo at some point. Yeah, like,
1: and he's changed them back and erased their memories. Low key mind wipes. Them. And he's uh, he's telling them funny uh, like a calculus joke or something <laughs> like that. Um, that was good, uh, but yeah, I wanted more of the classic, very put together calm beast.
0: He gets kind of a solo ish moment later on. He fights Sabretooth in space nice. later on.
1: I love when Beast does stuff in space. You know, he threw Hulk into space? Or he got Hulk into space? He was
0: one of them, yeah. He was one of the people.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that, that worked out well.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying.
0: World War, World War Hulk. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So anyway, kind of three in the deep end on this one. Sorry.
1: <laughs> all the different characters. That's fine. You sort of get to know people through the issue. Oh, and I have to give huge props to the little bits at the beginning. There is a pamphlet of like who is teaching oh, yeah, what. They run
0: down the, and uh, like the staff. R-
1: Remy LeBeau is teaching sex ed. Like just and all kinds of brilliant stuff like that. Even just for that, it was fantastic. That was fan- That was really well done.
0: Uh, further things that I remember from my brief reread that you know, maybe you want to get to, maybe you don't. Uh, if you want to keep reading it, um, basically they run out of money immediately. I
1: think I just got there to where they've. Run. So they
0: need to figure out how to get money. Part of it will involve trying to use, uh, Warren Worthington, AKA Angel. Yeah. In the original five Warren's been going through some stuff. <laughs> um, and as they deal with that, uh, basically Logan takes kid Omega to a space casino to count cards <laughs> to get money. For the school. Um and there oh, there's some brood stuff that happens later on. We know I'm not crazy about when aliens and space stuff happens with the X Men, but no. um there's a whole kitty gets infected with the brood sort of thing and there's right. like some what is that? Amazing Amazing Voyage. What is that? Where they shrink down into somebody's body, what's that story? Movie? Magic School Bus? No. Oh, well it happens in the Magic School bus, but it was like an old sixties movie. I want to say oh, it was like amazing, remember. amazing voyage, fantastic voyage. Um, where they all have to shrink down and it's like the students and Kid Gladiator loves having, <laughs> punching. <laughs> Kitty's like burping smoke and she's like, you you Kid Gladiator to cut it out with the, <laughs> the eye lasers. Um, and, but then it does, you know, it's a standard Marvel book. So whatever giant tie in is happening at that moment has to play into it. Like,
1: don't tell me, let me savor this for now. Okay. I'm going to keep on reading. All right. And fair I, enough. And I, and I don't want to know. Though I, I I definitely could see how this book could, it's like a gateway drug to other X-Men books. You might
0: fall down a wiki hole for like three hours because of this book. I did just trying to make sure I knew what the hell I was talking about for this conversation. So,
1: You've done a very good job.
0: Hey, thanks. Hope I didn't bore y'all, friends. What's your rating?
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to give it like a 7 cool seven it did what it needed to do the art was fantastic um though a little clumpy Um, i'm
0: curious to see what you think of the the guy who comes the guy who kind of splits art duties i will
1: i will follow i will follow up with everyone next week about that all right um and uh i did like you know some of the dialogue some of the characters um brew was great because he's a little and wears glasses sorry
0: should be pointed out brew is a brood Yes. He's, he's like a child brood alien. He but wears little shorty pants and like <laughs> in glasses he's all the so time. Cute. And he's adorable.
1: Um but yeah. And so, he's
0: in, and he's intelligent.
1: Yeah. Wow. So that's yeah. Seven seven out of ten.
0: Seven out of ten. Cool. Updates.
1: Um I don't think I have any.
0: All right. Well I've got a couple. So Iron Fist dropped. Oh yeah. Had that running in the background while I cleaned up before and, you came today. And it's a show to have running in the background while you clean up. Mm-hmm it's fine it was not the hottest garbage that people made it sound like it was going to be but do i care do i care
1: you had it in the background
0: two episodes of him trying to get people to believe he's who he says he is and he just punched you know he just finally punched a wall
1: and did it explode
0: kind of and this is a good and then i pay attention whenever colleen wing is on screen (laughs) it's like oh colleen's here i'll watch her scene (laughs) And then Colleen goes away and I don't care. And I thought they were going to try and do this like 12 Monkeys thing later on where they were like, you know, they found some passport that said he was John Anderson from Toronto, Canada. It's like, oh my God, maybe it's not Danny Rand. Maybe he really isn't. No, it's just uh, like if he bought it to get to, it's forged. He bought it to get into America type of thing. Oh. Um. Womp womp. So, I mean, it's fine. If you really want to watch it, go ahead. I guess you won't be disappointed. But I mean, like if, if you think you need to watch it for the defenders, like you get the bullet points before that starts. Surprise. He's the fist that can break the hand. Oh! All the ninjas are coming. Oh.
1: Aren't ninjas. you excited? So
0: excited! You know what I am excited about? What? Remember when your man was like, "I need an old anime to watch. Yeah. I want an old anime." Yeah. And I was like, "I think I might watch this rom com because it's like you know only ninety six episodes." That was before I watched thirteen episodes of Ranma One Half this week. Ooh. <laughs> so that's the one. What's it called again? Ranma One Half. This is one of the goddess, the queen of mangas, works. Rumiko Takahashi, mm-hmm. she of Urusei Yatsura, and Meizu and Inuyasha. This is the one you got really bored when I talked about it last week. It's the one mm-hmm. about the dude who turns into a woman and water gets splashed uh, on. Oh, yeah. What I think I'm going to do, though, is every week I'm going to give you a rundown of all the ways they try to find to have water fall on people.
1: Yep. Because
0: <laughs> the show is mad slapstick, and like <laughs> it has no- the show knows what it is. First of all, it looks really nice for being like 80s slash 90s. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> it's real dumb, and it knows it's dumb.
1: I'm glad you're enjoying
0: it. I'm much more invested in girl Ranma and Akane. So The whole thing is like, you know, these two dads like made an agreement that his son would marry his daughter, but then dad and son were like training in some, the place of a thousand cursed pools in China (laughs) Yeah. where basically every pool, something drowned in it. And if you fall in the pool, you change into that. Yeah. So the dad's a panda. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty dope. Oh my God. And, uh, and Ranma changes into a girl Ryoga turns into a little pig, um, who then, here's an example. This is basically all Ranma one half will be for the next 200 episodes. Ranma, or sorry, Ryoga hates Ranma. Ryoga also (laughs) gets lost all the time. Yeah. The reason Ryoga hates Ranma is because he's like, we were supposed to meet for a fight and you didn't show up. And Ranma's like, I waited in your backyard for like three (laughs) days. Like, where were you? Ryoka just ran out and got lost and four <laughs> days later came back and Rama left. And he's like, you backed out of our fight. So we followed him to China to challenge him. A panda ended up inadvertently, a panda and a weird girl inadvertently knocked him into a pool and cursed him with this pig body. So what happens when he turns into a pig, Akane, who is the daughter that Rama has been betrothed to, yeah. you know, it's also a rom-com and they obviously hate each other. And, and I'm bashing my fists together because their personalities clash. Um Akane, the character of Akane has been held up. I don't know if she's the first one. This is your Japanese term of, term of the day. As the first Sundere. Sundere? Su- Sundere. Oh, Sundere. Sundere. Um, which is basically the, like, you know, oh, here I made you a coffee. Oh, thanks. That's so sweet of you. Oh, I didn't do it because I like you.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Like, you know, the standoffish kind of, she likes you, but she don't type of thing. Right. Like, that's Akane is very much that character. It right. may have been the first of this character type. They are now everywhere. But. So, yeah, Ryoga hates Rama, and they're always fighting. Ryoga turns into a pig. Yeah. And Akane thinks the pig is adorable and keeps it as a pet and calls it P-Chan. <laughs> so it's constantly Ranma smacking the pig around because he knows it's Ryoga. The pig will attack Ranma and bite him. Ranma will throw the pig around. Akane will slap Ranma and say, don't don't bully P-Chan. And then, you know, cradle him to her bosom and take yeah. him off to bed with him as <laughs> Ranma steams. That is the show. As dumb as I thought this show is, and, you know, it's like, man, I feel so bad about watching this show. Stupid Matt. The reason I've watched so many is because I'm watching it at work on breaks. Yeah. Stupid Matt.
1: Yeah.
0: Howling at this show (laughs) this week. Every time the fucking panda, the panda has now taken to holding up signs (laughs) (laughs) when he needs to talk. (laughs) So every time uh, the panda was on screen, stupid Matt was dying laughing. So shouts to Rama one half. That's my feel good throwback anime theme song is mad catchy
1: well i'm glad you found
0: something and shouts to old school anime translator because i'm pretty sure they don't make effort like this anymore right the theme song if you read the subtitles i don't know how how accurate the translation is but somebody put in the work to write english lyrics that fit syllabically Ooh. like you could read the english subtitles and sing it to the theme of the japanese wow which is eh, they don't make effort like that anymore so shouts to you viz viz media viz video all right.
1: Yeah, I think we're good to go.
0: I think we're good to go. We got a second episode to record here. Little, I know. A little free, well, not free, but a little bonus for our patrons out there. Yeah. If you want to become one of those patrons and hear this fantastic episode, you can do that by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash geekdownpod.
1: You can also, uh, if you want to listen to us, you can, of course, go to SoundCloud and, you know, SoundCloud.
0: SoundCloud, iTunes. Contact us on the Twitter at GeekDownPod. Email us, if you like, geekdownpod at gmail.com or on the Facebook group, which is at www.facebook.com forward slash
1: geekdownpod.
0: That is where we will be if you would like to get at us. And with that, I believe we will take our leave. Thank you so much for listening to us, friends, and letting us know you're listening to us every week. It does mean the world to us so much.
1: My name is Caitlin McKinnon.
0: My name is Jordan Ferguson. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we will be back here with you next week for another fantastic episode of the Geekdown Pod. See you then. Oh, my God, we can't record it for long because we'll get sued, guys. But who remembers Space (laughs) Hog? I'm so happy right now.